You are listening to the Krika Lecture Series podcast, produced by the Center for Russia, East Europe, and Central Asia at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. This and other Krika podcasts are available on SoundCloud and iTunes. For more information about Krika's lecture series and public events, visit our website at krika.wisc.edu. series. Um, today, our speaker, our recipient, is someone who may be familiar to people in this room, frequent attendee at the Krika Lecture Series, and we're delighted that he was able to present his research to us. Um, Ararat is a fellow of the Institute of International Education and is currently an associate in the Department of Political Science here at UW-Madison. He has a PhD in Leadership and Policy Studies from Vanderbilt University, where he came on a uh, Department of State Fellowship and is the author of The Political Economy of Corporate Rating in Russia and The Impact of Human Capital on Economic Growth, a Case Study in Post-Soviet Ukraine and Ossipian Studies Corruption Globally. As you see the topic of his talk today, let me write a dissertation for you, Faculty Misconduct, Corruption, and Doctoral Degree Fraud in Ukraine. So please join me in welcoming Arunat Asipian. Thank you, thank you for this introduction. I know some people come here from uh, Michigan and Minnesota and as far away as from London. And I came here all the way from Ukraine to tell you about the successes, economic and academic successes in Ukraine and in particularly countries' successes in awarding doctoral degrees. Uh, for those of you who are not familiar with Ukraine, I assume most of them are, but in any case, uh, Ukraine is a country size of Texas and population of California, which is risking to become a country uh, size of California and population of Texas. So uh, let me take you to my first slide. Yeah, so what you can see on this title slide, uh, of course, beyond the title of the presentation and uh, those nice currencies. Uh, you can see Queen Elizabeth and Chairman Mao and Ben <laughs> Franklin and what unites all of those world leaders and uh, world thinkers is uh, something uh, not they have in common but something they do not have uh, which is doctoral degrees. None of them had a doctoral degree and this is something that also unites them with uh, Soviet leaders uh, as you know, Joseph Stalin didn't have formal education, and Nikita Khrushchev, from, by the way, from Ukraine, uh, also, he learned how to grow corn, but he actually learned it from American farmers. He visited the U.S. several times, uh, specifically for that matter. And then Leonid Brezhnev, he had a, just a college degree in engineering, also gotten from a high education institution in Ukraine. Uh, and uh, then uh, after Brezhnev, there was uh, Yuri Andropov, who was the chairman of the KGB, uh, lawyer, and then Chernenko, he died too fast, and uh, then Mikhail Gorbachev, also working for the KGB, and lawyer by education, he got his law degree in uh, Leningrad. And uh, uh, then you see uh, a totally different line of leaders, leaders of modern independent 
sovereign nation of Ukraine, all of whom uh, share one common feature. It's uh, all of them, with no exception, have doctoral degrees, unlike their Soviet predecessors. And this, I argue, is exactly the best explanatory variable for Ukraine's economic and social and political successes uh, starting the period of independence, starting 1991. And uh, by the way, uh, if you're thinking this uh, idea might be a little bit too far-reaching, I can tell you that I am certainly not alone in this, and uh, let me uh, refer to uh, Anders Aslund, who is uh, no doubt one of the top political uh, economists when it comes to Ukraine. He's been doing work on Ukraine for, uh, for a long while, for almost three decades. And uh, a decade ago, in 2009, he published a book titled, titled How Ukraine Became a Market Economy and Democracy. That is to say, he already a decade ago certified publicly that Ukraine is a market economy and democracy. And what, what else he did? Although he, in his book he didn't argue that all of the successes becoming the market economy and democracy is thanks exactly to Ukrainian leaders holding doctoral degrees, advanced degrees, as you can see, he posted explicitly the images on the cover page of the book. So uh, you can see here Leonid Makarovich Kravchuk, uh, who had a doctorate in economics, and he even taught for a few years. He taught political economy in western uh, Ukrainian city of Chernivtsi. He now interesting thing about it is that he taught it in Chernivtsi financial college uh, sometime back in the 1960s and uh, I taught there just recently in 2014 but by that time it was already state university of economics and finance so uh, I have a lot in common with Leonid Makarovich Kravchuk of course other than his age he is already 84 but doing well and next to him is Leonid Kuchma uh, who also uh, has a doctoral degree. He has it in engineering. Uh, then you can see uh, Viktor Yushchenko, who has a doctoral degree in economics. And uh, before he became the president, uh, he was uh, leading the National Bank of Ukraine. And before that, uh, he was working, uh, well, initially he was working as an aide to an accountant in a collective farm, but then he moved all the way to run the bank, agricultural bank, uh, which was later renamed Ukraine. Uh, then, as some people would allege, he ran it down, for which he was moved to chair the national bank. And then you see Viktor Yanukovych, our Austin dictator, Austin in 2014, uh, he had to escape Ukraine, uh, and uh, he was absolutely outstanding scholar. He had an advanced doctoral degree in economics. He was a professor of economics, and uh, uh, he was a member of the uh, chairing board of the National Academy of Sciences, etc., etc. Very meritorious scholar, although some people again would challenge his scholarly merits. Uh, 
saying that in his application he famously once uh, have written himself as professor with double F. And in, uh, but those are, you know, those are just people apparently who do not wish him well. And, uh, uh, but uh, uh, let me tell you, because in Ukraine to become a professor you actually have to teach in a university. And uh, Viktor Fyodorovich uh, formally, if you look into his biography, you may uh, have a doubt that he even ever gotten a college degree. Uh, he started working in a public garage and then moved up the political ladder. But nevertheless, he became a professor, so I started digging, figuring out uh, whether he ever taught anywhere. Because unless you teach, even if you have all the doctoral degrees, you do not get this uh, rank of professor. Apparently, he taught. He taught in a high education institution in Donetsk, Eastern Ukraine. I believe this was uh, called the Institute of Management, and he even uh, he even chaired the department in that institute. I have no idea how he managed so many tasks and so many jobs, you know, managing, uh, managing this huge and problematic, problematic especially in now eastern uh, region of Donbass. But uh, somehow he managed, you know, he managed to do his managerial work, political work, and academic work, a chair in the department and, uh, and becoming professor. So, and in the middle, of course, is, is our princess, is Yulia Timoshenko, two times presidential hopeful running in those, in, in this coming presidential elections as well in 2019. So I assume she will be three times presidential hopeful. And uh, she also holds a doctoral degree in economics. So this is all coming from Anders Aslund, I mean, the idea of market economy and democracy as a success story. But this success story uh, doesn't only come from uh, scholars, it comes from top politicians as well. Uh, Joe Biden, uh, I assume he, he could be the president of the United States of America, if not the you know, huge ambitions of Hillary Clinton. In fact, most people in Ukraine thought that uh, most people who even care about pol big politics in the US, of course, that Joe Biden is the man, but apparently not. But uh, nevertheless, he always, uh, he also uh, values, he also values academic achievements of uh, Ukrainian politicians. Uh, he is pictured here in a meeting in Ukraine uh, where he actually came a few times after the people's uprising known as Euromaidan. Uh, this is uh, him meeting Ukrainian, top Ukrainian establishment in 2016. And uh, as you can see, he uh, does some exercises with his fingers, apparently keeping fingers crossed for successes of uh, Ukrainian reforms. And you see Ukrainian, young Ukrainian politicians, young leaders, uh, President Poroshenko and uh, Arseniy Yatsenyuk, uh, former prime minister of Ukraine. And before that, he was also chair in Ukrainian parliament. And before that, he also served as Ukraine's uh, foreign minister. And before that, he occupied other 
uh, top political positions. And then you see uh, Vladimir Groisman, our present prime minister, who used to serve as chair, who used to chair the parliament, uh, called Verkhovna Rada. And uh, you see all three of them are listening, uh, Joe Biden very attentively listening to his advice regarding finger exercises or his political advice. I don't know, President Poroshenko and uh, Arseniy Yatsenyuk, they, both of them are fluent in English. Uh, Vladimir Groisman, he probably doesn't speak any English, but as you can see, he's listening very attentively as well. And uh, I got a quote for you that comes from uh, Joe Biden's uh, memoir, uh, Promise Me Dead, published in 2017. I got it uh, here as a book in the uh, history, uh, Medicine Historical Society. And uh, he says uh, something specifically about our former prime minister, Arseniy Yatsenyuk, uh, who is also one of the leaders of the uh, second largest and second most powerful political uh, group in the country, known as uh, People's Front or Narodny Front. And that's what Joe Biden uh, says about him. I liked Arseniy, he was smart, a PhD economist, but no cloistered academic, which means not a boring academic, I assume. And he was a serious young leader, etc., who cared deeply that his home country be a functioning democracy with secure borders. The 40 years old, that is to say, he's a relatively young prime minister etc. And uh, they were riding in a car when Joe Biden was uh, in a limo, when Joe Biden was leaving Ukraine, and they were riding to the airport. So Joe Biden obviously also appreciates uh, doctoral degrees of Ukrainian leaders, which comes directly from this passage. But uh, there might be a different story to all of this. This is just a, this is a preamble, but uh, there might be a different story because there are challenges uh, beyond this double F in professor and challenges that, uh, and scandals that emerge, you know, periodically in the media, and that's exactly what I like, and that's exactly what I prey on, because uh, in distinction of Anders Aslund, I have yet to find market economy and democracy in Ukraine. I don't know how he managed to discover it 10 years ago. Maybe <laughs> he knows better than I do. But I, I like, uh, because I do corruption for two decades now, I uh, like uh, dirty secrets. I, I don't like prosperity. I don't like happy faces, success stories, etc. That's Maybe that's just my spoiled nature. But, uh, let, let me tell you uh, about those three uh, outstanding leaders, although there are certainly many more to talk about and many more scandals, but this is the top of the cream, crop of the cream, this is the top of Ukraine's political establishment. Uh, Vladimir Groisman just recently uh, got challenged uh, based on his academic credentials. If I'm not mistaken, he claims to have an associate degree, a bachelor's degree, and two master's degrees. And uh, someone from uh, the parliament said that he doesn't really have any academic credentials, and that he's, uh, I believe, 
challenge specifically his master's degree from some Ukrainian private university is that he never even went there, his foot never even stepped on the ground of that place. You know, and uh, because that challenge came from Verkhovna Rada, uh, the prosecutor general, Yuri Lutsenko, who, by the way, doesn't have a doctoral degree, uh, he had to open a formal investigation. And he did, and just recently, uh, and uh, I don't know, surprisingly or not, they concluded that everything is just fine with the degree which Vladimir Groisman uh, happily reaffirmed that his degree is indeed real. And he said that maybe he didn't attend too much lectures and seminars because he studied by correspondence. And uh, he studied by, by correspondence, he said, because he had a uh, hard, uh, hard childhood and then he married early so he had to provide to his family and didn't really have much time to go to school, so he uh, got the degree by correspondence. Mm -hmm. Although some people, some people would even challenge the fact that he has a high school diploma. And a reason for that is that he started working at a very early age, at the age of 14 and he was doing some de decoration grades or something, I have no idea what that is, in some workshop. And then by the age of 16, he was already a commercial director of a market. Market special like uh, Rinoco Bazaar where people sell clothes. That's a very saturated environment, saturated with all kind of economic, commercial activities in the early 1990s, those who know what I'm talking about. And at the age of 16, while being in high school, he was already the commercial director of that market called Eunice. And uh, by pure coincidence, the director, the chief director of, his ma of this market was his father. So, uh, but he is now fine, he is totally exonerated for any wrongdoing, that's a real degree, so no doubt in it, he likes this conclusion. And the university, by the way, also confirmed that the degree, the degree is totally fine. Now, President Poroshenko, fluent in uh, English, uh, he holds doctorate in uh, law, in law, and uh, he got his uh, bachelor's degree or specialist degree at that time in the Soviet Union from Kiev Institute of International Relations. Now, there is a challenge to this as well. In fact, there is some challenge to both of his degrees. His uh, former best friend, uh, Mikhail Saakashvili, just a few days ago gave an interview where he said that Poroshenko did not really study at that Kiev Institute of International Relations. He was just listed there. He barely attended any seminars and lectures. He was uh, doing his uh, little business with uh, video demonstrations. You know, again, if you are familiar with the Soviet Union of the late 1980s, perestroika, and then the early 1990s, that videos, a uh, room like this, maybe three times smaller in somewhere downstairs in the basement, you put this uh, video and you run 
at 5 p.m. Uh, actions with Arnold Schwarzenegger or mm -hmm. Sylvester Stallone, and at 7 p.m. you run some erotic movie. So, and so claims Mikhail Saakashvili. Is not my claim. I never did go to those videos uh, run or operated by President Poroshenko. That's just Mikhail Saakashvili's claim. So, and then his doctoral degree, just recently, someone who is uh, one of the leaders of Ukraine's uh, opposition bloc, who used to support Viktor Yanukovych now, as he is gone, they are clearly uh, standing against uh, President Poroshenko, someone uh, by uh, name Kivalov, who uh, runs a legal university, a law academy in Odessa. He mentioned something about President Poroshenko's dissertation in law sciences. He said that uh, there was a problematic thing, some problem with the document that uh, all who defend doctoral di dissertations have to submit them to Kiev, to the Ministry of Education and Science, to the special committee, with a bunch of whole pack of documents, along with the dissertation. And then those documents w were problematic, so he had a trouble because of that, as he uh, run that uh, law academy, but then it somehow got uh, resolved. And then the third person, uh, this young 40 years old Arseniy Yatsenyuk, a PhD economist uh, of uh, whom Joe Biden is of such a high opinion, also got into a scandal approximately the same time the book was out in 2017. And uh, the thing was that uh, allegedly uh, 70 pages of his dissertation were plagiarized, or which more than half were verbatim plagiarized, basically. And uh, 70 pages of a doctoral dissertation in Ukraine, it's like half of the dissertation, if not more than that. So that's, 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 you know, quite a challenge if they would say seven pages, but seven is just too much. You cannot ignore such a challenge, although this is something that Arseniy Yatsenyuk managed just fine. He just absolutely ignored any challenges, as, by the way, did uh, uh, about more than a decade ago, President Putin. He was also challenged on some pledges. But let's talk about Ukraine. So let's focus on Arseniy Yatsenyuk. Uh, the scandal came from a group of uh, social activists, I, I, I would call, because they're, they're apolitical and they, uh, they work in academia, or maybe you can call them academic activists. Then. They discovered it, they checked it many times, and uh, they uh, produced uh, a document which is available online, where they go page by page and they uh, highlight all the similarities, etc. And then when I saw it, I looked at Arseniy Yatsenyuk as well. And this is a title page of his, well, it's not exactly dissertation, it's a document called After Referat, which is kind of a compressed uh, dissertation. And uh, that's his title page. And uh, his academic advisor, he defended his dissertation while uh, working in Kiev, the capital of Ukraine. Now, uh, surprisingly, he decided to defend his dissertation in Sumy, 
which is a small city in Ukraine. They have an academy of uh, banking in Sumy. And uh, interestingly, his uh, academic advisor was also someone who was acting uh, rector of this uh, university. And uh, even before that, there were interesting things happening with uh, educational adventures of Arseniy Yatsenyuk. Uh, he graduated uh, with a degree in uh, law, I believe, from Chernivtsi. Uh, National University, where his father worked as associate professor, and so does his mother. And uh, allegedly, by some accounts, he only went there during the first year, and then he got too busy to go to the university because he was uh, working in a law firm, and that law firm was created in partnership with. Uh, uh, the mayor, the son, uh, the son of the mayor of that city, and that firm was doing privatization in the early 1990s. And everyone who knows how the privatization in Ukraine went in the early and mid 1990s can, uh, you know, just develop your imagination. And uh, the interesting thing is that while he was only a sophomore. A second year law student, he, I believe, was already a partner in that law firm. And then he moved to uh, Kiev to work in a bank. And uh, there, from there, from Kiev, he took courses by correspondence again in Chernivtsi, in Ch Chernivtsi Institute of Economics and Trade. Now, that sounds really surprising because that institute was just a branch of the University of Economics and, and Trade located in Kiev. So if you are in Kiev, you work in Kiev, uh, why wouldn't you attend the head campus in Kiev instead studying by correspondence in the city where you came? And then his dissertation again is in Sumy and not in Kiev. But those are just... Uh, little speculations. And then uh, these are some pages. This is from his dissertation, which is written in Ukrainian, and that side is in English. And mm -hmm. so apparently whoever can translate it said that this is the exact same thing and even put some red arrows to convince people that it is indeed the <coughs> same thing. And then Another example, I believe both texts are in here, yeah, both of them are in Ukrainian, Arseniy Yatsenyuk dissertation, then over there is someone else's work, and allegedly uh, exact same text. So that's, that's all nice to compare those things and read those scandals, but that all is, you know, is lyrics. And I decided, uh, based on that information and a lot of other information, to actually look into all of this problem in some systematic, scholarly way. And so uh, what else I read in the media is that some people say, well, you know, those dissertations are plagiarized, but it is not their fault. It's not they, they who wrote those dissertations. They actually ordered them, and someone who wrote it for cash 
<laughs> or some other perks, some other benefits, didn't act in an honest way. And instead of producing an original text, they just borrowed it from someone else. And that, in public opinion, sometimes even sounds as an apology to political leaders, because they are busy, they are smart. Of course, we all know Joe Biden knows that they're smart, and so do I. But uh, they just have no time. They're too busy. Ukraine is developing. It's in the process of the reform. You cannot leave the country and write the dissertation at the same time. You know, it's too, too hard of a task. So they, they delegate this honorable mission to someone else, and someone else produces the text, but sometimes acts dishonest. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, well, it, what is the scale of this problem? I mean, maybe it's not only top politicians. And is there, is there, see, I'm a former economist, so I like to see numbers. I like to see not just numbers, but money. I like to see prices. I like to study markets. And I thought whether there is a market out there. And it turns out that there is a market out there, and it's a very good, very strong, healthy, dynamic market, <laughs> which uh, a market Ukraine may be proud of. You know, there are not too many markets Ukraine may be proud of, okay? but that one definitely is. And how do I know that? Because I found a total of 46 firms, not individuals, firms, 46 firms, that produced dissertations on order. And how do I know that it's a dynamic market? Because I did a similar study in 2009. And that one I did in 2016, seven years later. And in 2009, I only found 16 such firms, which means that within the course of seven years, the number of such firms had tripled. So it's, it's a clear, very positive, it's a highly positive dynamic for any market, especially for such peculiar and specific market as, as dissertations on order. And so uh, let, me, uh, let me show you some, well, uh, let me first uh, think how would one approach this topic in general? I mean, how do you create methodology to study it? It, at first, it appears very simple. All you have to do is to create some kind of a population which consists of potential uh, customers, politicians, businessmen, uh, you know, bankers, and academics who are too busy to write their own dissertations. And then from that population, you pick up a random sample to keep it really scholarly. And then you just visit those people, and you ask them to basic questions, like let's, let, let's say you go to some bureaucrat, I don't know how you get an appointment with him, but let's say you manage to, and you come and you ask him two basic questions. First one is, did you write your, if he holds a doctoral degree, did, did you write your dissertation yourself or you ordered one? And if the answer is yes, I bought it, then the second question would be, how much did you pay for it? And uh, the it's, uh, it, it sounds very simple, but it, it sounds very problematic. I don't know whether you will be successful with even one such individual out of 1,000. I really doubt it. But because it's a market, it has two sides. It has demand, 
That is to say, people with money who want to buy dissertations and get doctoral degrees. But it also has its supply side. And those firms that I studied, they exactly represent supply side. And I shall tell you that this is a buyer's market. That is to say, those firms, they are really out there to catch the customers, to attract them. There are seasonal discounts on dissertations. There are things like uh, you bring us, a, you order a dissertation for yourself, and then you bring us a friend, and we'll give you 25% discount on your dissertation. Very nice, very well developed services. Ukraine, Ukraine is not always, uh, you know, can uh, manifest some very civilized uh, services, very well developed services. But this industry, so it's it's very good. And uh, in addition to dissertations in Ukraine, you have to publish before you defend. You have to do some supplementary documents before you send it to the Ministry of Education, etc. And all of those things are offered for sale by those firms as well. So prices, let me show you. I've got uh, a reasonable amount of data, but I will just show you two tables uh, so you get the idea. Uh, these are the prices uh, for the country where associate professor makes $200 a month. So you have to keep this in mind. And uh, what you see here is uh, two levels of doctoral degrees, candidate sciences, which uh, roughly, roughly approximates to European PhD, but nowhere near US or Canadian PhD. And then doctor sciences dissertation at much higher level. You have to publish journal articles. You have to produce a monograph, uh, auto-referent, which is a stress dissertation. Uh, reviewers of dissertations also demand uh, some cash essays to enter doctoral program. And all of this can be supplemented, uh, can be provided by those firms. So uh, you can just take a brief look at price. Some interesting things, you know, uh, publishing a journal, uh, writing a journal article, average price is, uh, let me use this, average price, $72. I've calculated the average, of course, averages from all the data. Publishing journal article cost twice as much as writing the journal article. And uh, maximum prices are much higher, it's $300 for someone to write you an article and uh, $560 to publish it in a journal. Uh, monographs can go as high as $20,000. Dissertations themselves for candidate sciences is 11000 and for doctor sciences is $35,000. Those are uh, average maximum values. And I calculated median uh, more than maximum average, minimum average, because different firms, of course, present prices in different formats. So you have to shovel through all of this. They present ranges of prices. So I've calculated what are the averages, what are the maximums, etc. So uh, next uh, one would be I've calculated the total. That is to say, you are not a scholar. You just want a doctoral degree. And you want to know whether it's affordable or not, so I've done the job for you. I've calculated the prices. You just have to take the 
look at the price list and then if you work with firms those private providers and they name you different prices you can refer to this data and say well you are about to overcharge me that's not a fair market deal you know so with all the dissertation publications journal articles publishing journal articles monographs etc etc what you get on average is for the candidate sciences dissertation is $4,131 total. And doctor sciences requires to have candidate sciences first and then all the things which are required for the doctoral degree, doctor sciences degree, which, uh, I'm sorry, which uh, totals uh, $27,030. And then this, uh, this comes from average prices. There are also average for maximum prices, which uh, places candidate sciences at $16,400 and doctor sciences at $93,900. That is to say almost, almost $100,000. Now, when you look at those prices and you keep in mind uh, uh, that average salaries in Ukraine like 150 or 200 dollars a month. Uh, what what comes what comes to mind? Tell me. And wealthy people can afford this. Wealthy people can afford. Yeah, affordability is an issue, right? It's too costly. It's expensive. It's unaffordable for an average for a regular folk. And so my thought about it what should we do or what can we do to make doctoral degrees more affordable for average Ukrainian folk. And uh, I have some ideas, I will write something maybe like five steps of making doctoral degrees more affordable. Something like, you know, the US has this High Education Affordability Act. Maybe our next president, I will not name him, I have ideas about him, will sign something like doctoral degrees affordability. Now, one way of uh, one necessary step to make them more affordable, to reduce the cost, is maybe to eliminate gatekeepers. And uh, faculty play three distinct roles in this business. First, as customers, if they are not really scholars or they are too busy or they have too much money, they don't write dissertations, they buy them. Third role, uh, second role, I'm sorry, second role is they write dissertations on order because who else can write a dissertation? Of course, those who already written one for himself or herself. And those firms, they, by the way, they hire. They post that we hire people with doctoral degrees, work for us. And the third role is being a gatekeeper. There are dissertation boards, consists usually of 20 to 25 members, all with doctoral degrees, very honorable and respected scholars, and they're the gatekeepers. And the problem I have with, with it is that because there are 25 of them, and you know, they normally people of age, they have their children and grandchildren, and they have to feed all of them. And so that becomes really costly for you as someone who runs for a doctoral degree. And so in Ukraine, this is the total number of those dissertation boards. It comes for, from 2009, but I absolutely believe that that number hadn't reduced since then because those people are ready to fight to death 
to stay on those dissertation boards because for many of them it's like a bread and butter place. So in Kiev alone, there are 330 dissertation boards. They are hosted by both universities and uh, research institutes. And the total for Ukraine is 790 dissertation boards hosted by universities and research institutes. And so it's a, it's a whole, it's a whole big politics, you know, how those different members of dissertation boards try to get through the candidate, especially if that candidate is the one who actually bought his dissertation and pays his way through. That's a big investment. He wants the return on the investment. And so these dissertation boards add to what I call transaction costs of getting a dissertation. As one chair of the department told me, if you are totally dumb, doctor sciences degree will cost you $100,000. But if you do everything by yourself, it will still cost you $20,000. And it's still a lot of money. You can buy an apartment in Ukraine for $20,000. In some towns, it may be a very nice apartment. So it's still, and this $20,000 is exactly transaction cost. How to push your dissertation through. So I think as my time is about to be done, I will uh, tell you final things that one of the suggestions is to reform the system in such a way that instead of 20 to 25 dissertation board members who are willing to close their eyes and close their ears in order not to see how bad the dissertation really is or how bad the aspiring PhD candidate really is and kind of sign on and get it through. You know, maybe Ukraine should reduce those dissertation boards from uh, 25 people to similar thing as in the U.S. dissertation committee of, uh, let's say, just three people, which will reduce the transaction cost enormously, and this would be exactly one of those steps to make doctoral degrees more affordable for Ukrainians. So uh, let me stop uh, with this, and if you have any questions, I will be happy to answer them. Thank you.